Christmas cakes at work for the farm shop. Baron in Doncaster, by the way, you show some... Ripe. We're down at Unit 137 HQ with Clementine and Charlotte are showing it and Mr. Louis Masai. How's it going? I'm good, man. How's it going, Ads? Yeah, all good. All good. A little, bit, little bit tired today, <laughs> but I'm fine. How's it going, Charlotte? You okay? Yeah, having a good day. The sun is out. It's nice to be here. Very honored to be invited to speak on your podcast. Well, thanks for coming through. It's a pleasure. A show in it. That's where, it. where does this come from? It's such a beautiful name. <laughs> well, it's the first time it's ever been called beautiful. It's usually people are really confused by it because it's not phonetic at all. It has 12 letters, but it is Thai and it is actually a Thai translation in Sanskrit of a Chinese name and it means horse merchant. Wow. And it was my father's name. That's amazing. Nice. Thank you. It's very apt. Yeah. I like that we keep finding nice little links and everything. Lots of <laughs> an animal links, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Charlotte, you've you've been working for Body Shop for how long now? For four years. For four years. Yeah. And how did you find yourself working for Body Shop? So, you know, I'm one of those um, girls, ladies, women who um, who grew up with the Body Shop. Even though I grew up in the states, I had been coming to London since I was 16, which I probably shouldn't say because now that's going to give away my age once you <laughs> figure out the timings. But I started coming to London at age 16, and you know, the Body Shop was such a big phenomena. The whole business as a force for good that was out there was something that I'd never seen natural ingredients, you know, being used in products. So I was, of course, obsessed with it, like everyone else, you know, trying all the different like, you know, grapefruit shampoos, everything, you know, I just loved it. And I went back, you know, what it was buy my products, use it, love it. Then um, actually, in the end, I ended up coming to London um, in the early 90s um, to, to study. And I started my beauty, my career actually working in the beauty industry, which has been great. So I've worked with lots of really wonderful brands, you know, lots of natural ones as well, like Elemis, who are very aromatherapy based, Moulton Brown, lots of different brands. But I then, you know, as I, my career progressed, I managed to have the opportunity to work for the parent company of, of the body shop. And I asked to come to work in the global team. So I came four years ago and that's right. how it all came about because it's like almost coming full circle because I had been living in London for 17 years, moved to New York for six years, wanted to come back to London and there was an opportunity at the body shop. And I just thought this is perfect because yeah. it's many years since I first started it. And I felt like after, with my experience in my career, I can also help to be part of the, brand and to keep it going and perpetuate the positive messaging of the company yeah and so 
if I'm not mistaken, Body Shop has just been sold and bought by a new company. Do you want to tell us quickly a bit about that? Yeah, so we have been um, bought by a, a really amazing company called Natura, who are a Brazilian ethical, sustainable company. But we're super excited to be part of a brand, a company that has been so ethical since day, and sustainable since day one, sourcing ingredients from Brazil, helping out their communities. So it's a perfect, perfect fit for the Body Shop. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. So, should we put on the first track? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, Charlotte doesn't know what we've chosen off her list yet. We went for the Dr. Dre, the next episode. Oh my God, Snoop Dogg. Perfect. That's yeah. gonna get me in the mood to like really wanna, relax now. Do you want to tell us why you chose that track? So, I chose this track because I'm. I mean, I grew up in DC, so I've always really been into. Um, I mean, hip hop started in you know the sort of east coast of the states i mean i'm sure the west coasters will probably say no it started there but in dc <laughs> we we had um they called it go-go right so that was like you know we had this band called trouble funk and it was like a lot of like it that was almost if you read about hip-hop they oftentimes reference hip um go-go as inspiration as part of the birth of hip-hop right. so i always liked that kind of music it just spoke to me as a child, you know, I was young, I was probably only like 10, 11, hearing, hearing that. So then, of course, when hip hop came alive, I really got into it in a major way. And I don't know, I've, even though I was East Coast, I appreciate all hip hop from everywhere, West Coast, Texas, wherever. Yeah. But this particular track, I just loved it because I love, obviously, I love the beat, but it came out, I think, in year 2000, which was the millennium um right. so i remember having a big change in my life at that point and this coming out and just it just being part of a very important period in my life of, of change and almost like a transformation in yeah. in myself and i just love it and to this day if i still hear it i just get really excited it it's funny good. it's one of those tracks that you're always going to hear coming out of someone's car at some yeah. point during the day yeah and i paint out in america quite a lot and always if you hear that track you're probably going to see a low rider with like yes. the bouncing back yes that's the way it should be <laughs> it's so funny it's such a headbanging track nice <laughs> yeah. thanks for choosing it no not at all thanks for sending it in all right let's run it In the club, baby, you got to get up Thug niggas, drug dealers, yeah, they giving it up Low life, yo life, boy, we living it up Taking chances while we dancing in the party for show Slip my hoe a 44 when she got in the back door Bitches looking at me strange, but you know I don't care Step up in this motherfucker just to swing in my hair Bitch, quit talking, quit walk if you're down with the sick Take a bullet with some dick and take this dope on this jet Out of town, put it down for the father of rap And if your ass get cracked, bitch, shut your trap Come back, get back, that's the part of success If you believe in the ass, you'll be relieving the stress It's the motherfucking D.R.E. Dr. Dre, motherfucker! You know I'm mobbing with 
with the D-O-double-G Straight off the fucking streets of CBT King of the beach, you ride to him in your fleet Whoop, whoop the field, rolling on dubs How you feel, whoop-de-whoop, nigga, what? Praying Snoop chronic down in the lag With Doc in the back, sipping on yak Clipping the strap, dipping through hood Compton, Long Beach, Inglewood South Central, out to the west side This California love, this California bug Got a nigga gang of pub I'm on one, I might bell up in the Century Club With my jeans on, and my team strong Get my drink on, and my smoke on Then go home with something to poke on up, Locus on for the two triple O Coming real, it's the next episode Hold up my niggas who be thinking we soft, we don't play. We gon' rock it till the wheels fall off. Hold up, hey. Oh my niggas who be acting too bold, take a seat. Hope you're ready for the next episode, hey. Smoke weed every day. Cool, thank you. Smoke for that. weed every day. Yeah, <laughs> that little last little bit at the end. You think yeah. the track's done? Smoke weed every day. Yeah, they had, they had, to, put, they had to put it in there. It'd be, it'd be rude. Oh, not to. enough love for that track yep. every time. Yeah. Hey, so, interestingly enough, weed is a cosmetic. So, ish. What hemp? hemp? Well, yeah, hemp, hemp. Comes into a lot from, of uh, the, the body shop products. Yeah. And we love hemp because yeah. it's so good for the environment. I yeah. mean, it's such a bummer that people don't know the benefits of hemp you know it's i don't know if you know this yourselves but um if you plant if you're a farmer for example and you grow potatoes the soil gets very very depleted after that crop right so what happens is farmers then have to go to another part of the land to Mm. grow because then it's rich again and then that's why a lot of times you we you know the earth is running out of land because you know you keep changing you know switching around and using it and then depleting the earth and not replenishing it Mm. but if you plant hemp on top of the potatoes to that crop it re-nourishes the earth which is such a beautiful thing but yet people are so scared of it and it's criminalized in a lot of countries which is ridiculous i think but i mean hemp has been used for centuries you know i mean it was Mm. george washington the american president he was a hemp farmer you know and like sales that for ships were made out of hemp, rope. I mean, they, it's been such an incredible plant used in so many ways. And it has a lot of healing benefits for cosmetics. Even hemp milk is really healthy as a dairy alternative. Yeah, so, you've yeah, got, you've I, got, I'm a big fan of hemp. You've got yeah. the seeds and, you know, hemp seed protein. Yes. It's like it's got all the amino huge, acids. Yes. Yeah. It's a shame. I think here it's like it's not illegal, but I think you're capped to a certain amount of plants. Yeah, and I think you have to have some sort of license. Yeah, I you should do. imagine the um, the hemp milk guys are in the Midlands, I believe. Okay. And they're like yeah, that but that's growing in the UK, and that's like quite a big hemp milk production. I've mm. not seen another company yet in the supermarket, so I think they're sort of dominating it. Do you get hemp milk in America? I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure they do, yes, because actually I follow this food blogger um, who I follow because I have a doggy, and so my my dog, shout out to my black Pomeranian, whose <laughs> Instagram account, one of her f- Pomeranian friends is Luca the Palm, and his I started following him, 
and the mom is always giving the doggy things like wheatgrass with coconut yeah. milk. And so I start following her and it turns out she's a nutritionist and she's always making things with hemp milk. So, yeah. yes. And she's based in New Jersey, I think. So, okay, so yeah, the, the States definitely too. has it. Yeah. So they sell hemp they... seeds and stuff. I think yeah. she actually makes her own. I've seen her make her recipe for hemp milk. She just gets the seeds, soaks them and then boil, grinds them up and yeah. strains it. Same way as you do like almond milk. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. a lot of work. I'd rather just buy it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I mean, the interesting thing, with, like you were saying about the regeneration of the land, the difference between an almond milk and a hemp milk is that, from my understanding, hemp milk is the only alternative or the only milk, full stop, whether it's alternative or cow milk, that is not affecting the environment. I'm, and it's I, actually yes. doing benefits because, like you said, it regenerates yes. the soil. Whereas almond milk, if everyone, like it would be great if everyone stopped drinking cow's milk for the planet, but then... If you look at it on the flip side, if everyone starts drinking almond milk, the production of almonds is so high. It involves so much water. It's heavy on the bees for pollinating. Then mm. you have to grow some new trees, etc. Yeah. That it becomes very damaging to the planet yeah. as well. Whereas and that has become an issue, hasn't it? Yeah. Would be okay. Very true. So yeah. everyone Need- try some hemp milk. Yeah. It is delicious, actually. And the powers that be should become less sort of on it and against the growing of hemp exactly we should have more and more and more of this i mean back in the day people were paid to be hemp farmers and now it's considered being criminal which is terrible so maybe the end of that track should be drink hemp milk every day (laughs) (laughs) you can do a version of it louis well we were talking about that just last night like bringing out some all fruits ripe tracks yeah yeah maybe we'll get jago to to drop that lyric. <laughs> yeah, if we can find him. <laughs> if we can find him. <laughs> so, where were we? We were talking about Body Shop and the movement from its into its new sort of new company. So, can we talk more about what was the name of the, the company you're Na- being... Ma- Natura. Natura, mm-hmm. yes. So, can you tell us a bit more about Natura and like how that started? And So, my understanding is that Natura, it is a Brazilian company. It started in 1969 and they met Anita Roddick in the 70s. And for our listeners, Anita Roddick is... Anita Roddick was the founder of The Body Body Shop. Shop. She's really, I mean, she was a proper badass, you know, back in the day. And she was from Brighton as well. That's right. She she grew up in the West Sussex area. So her first shop was in Brighton. But, you know, Anita... She when when you asked me like what, you know how I came to work at the body shop I mean she has been one of my heroes since I was you know a teenager she you know to watch her do something you know create a business as a force for good out of nothing basically you know if you read her book Body and Soul she talks about you know that her husband Gordon he actually you know he he was a very free spirited person he wanted to go around South America on a horse for like a year. And he wanted to do that. So she she was, she was said, okay. But she had two small children and she needed to make money. So right. she figured out in her head, you know, she'd been working in a diner, working in a, um, her own like bed and breakfast. But, you know, it was a lot of work. She couldn't really do it on her own. And she thought, okay, I need X amount of money to survive per week for my family. What am I going to do? So she started making soaps in her kitchen, et cetera. And she grew this business. And she decided rather than just go down this sort of very materialistic, beauty route she decided to really again as i keep saying use her business as a force for good so she went and she traveled the world she went to look at you know very traditional forms 
and rituals of beauty. She went to Ghana. She was the person who first started using shea butter. She helped to, because of the body shop, what I loved is that she pioneered this whole community fair trade business model where she would buy from the community. She could go to the market, for example, in Ghana, and you can buy shea butter anywhere in the market, Mm. but the quality might not be good. So, you know, you could spend anywhere from 20p to five pounds, for example, on shea, but it depends on the quality. And she wanted the best quality at a fair price. And she's really the person who pioneered that. And she, and what I loved and was so inspired by her is that she didn't just say, I only want you to sell to me. So she got these, this group of, she met a group of women. She started a cooperative for them. And she said, look, I will buy the shea butter from you, but you need to work together. Everyone needs to be paid fairly. I will pay you fairly, but the money has to be shared out. You need to use the money, put it into things like education, housing, things like that for the community, for the women of the community who were doing this work. And what Anita also said was, I'm not going to do this exclusively. I don't want you just to sell to me. I want you to be able to sell to bigger, to other companies. So in fact, today, and this is 30 plus years on, there's the Global Shea Alliance started by the original people that Anita Mm -hmm. found, the original cooperative. They sell to everyone, even to Cadbury's now, because, you know, Shea, they use cocoa butter is also part of the the ingredients that they're selling as part of, you know, as well as Shea butter. And they sell to lots of other beauty companies. And we don't have a problem with that. Mm. You know, and she didn't, that was her whole thing. She just wanted to help people. And I just think that's such an amazing thing. And I think everyone should be like that. She did this with so many other, you know, we, we have Kenya, fair trade, tea tree, it's organic as well. We have, I mean, I can't even, I could sit here for 10 hours and talk about all the <laughs> different community trade partners we have, but we literally have them in every corner of the globe. And wow. she started that. And it's really, really important that people know that Anita Roddick is somebody who should really be looked upon as a visionary. You know, she also was the first person, you know, as a beauty company, she said, I want to call a ban against animal testing right. and so because of her she rallied her you know her friends and this is what body shop are the most known for exactly right? this is like your biggest campaign exactly and we actually have so through anita's efforts and the team we actually got an animal testing ban in the uk which then spread to the eu which is amazing but that's only 20 percent of the world right. so 80 percent of the world still tests on animals so june 1st 2017 the Body Shop, we have launched an official forever against animal testing campaign, partnering with Cruelty Free International. And we want to call, we want to collect 8 million signatures so that we can call an official ban against animal testing around the world. Because there's so many alternatives these days mm. that they're really, you don't need to test on animals. There's lots of different ways you can, people test on people. And there's lots of like up and coming beauty brands and even not, and I'm not talking about beauty. I mean, everything seems to be tested on animals, foods, as you know, and What is the other techniques that there are? Is it testing on plants or? No, well, there's a thing called EpiSkin where you can take human cells and grow them in a Petri dish and then it becomes human skin. And then you can test on that. And so why is it that they're not doing that anyway? Is it because it's more expensive, time-consuming, less effective? I wouldn't say it's less effective because, I mean, basically it's human skin. It's just grown from the cells. I know that a lot of times it's because it's the country's regulations that just, the governmental regulations that say, if you want to have a product or whether it's cosmetic or food-wise, you need to test it for safety. 
and this is the way we've always done it, right. which is probably on, which is usually on animals. So that's the thing. They it just seems so illogical to test something on an animal. Like I, I mean, I'm not saying that humans are not part of the animal kingdom. I believe that we are, but at the same time, we're a different species. And so, mm. how can you test something on a species that is completely unrelated to our yes, species and say true. that's fine for us? Then it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I can see that. And that's why there are volunteers who te that test products, human right. human people. So you can sign up. Well, it's medical trials. Up. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the same for beauty. You can sign up and say, I want to test these products. And, you know, and humans test them. And that's why a lot of times you'll see brands that say, test it on humans, not animals. Or right. test it on hairdressers and not animals. Right. You know, things like that. So there are ways to do that. And we really, really, really want to see a global ban. Because it's now or never. We started this campaign over... 30 years ago I mean 30 years on only 20% of the world have stopped testing on animals so really right now with the whole activism spirit we feel like this is the perfect time yeah. people are way more conscious let's call this ban and see what happens so we, the plan is in 2018 to go to the United Nations with 8 million signatures with a petition to say please call a ban against animal testing globally right. and end it now and we're partnering with Cruelty Free International, who are an amazing organization, who have been pioneering this cause and you know this important message for a, for over thirty years as well. So we'd love people to really support this. You guys seem to be pushing quite a few different campaigns. Like I remember when I was doing the painting with you, we were talking about bio bridges. Yes, that's still super important to us as well. So can you tell us a little bit about bio? I can't. I mean, we are looking at different parts. We have a biobridge in Indonesia, right. and we are looking at different places that, you know, these biodiversity hotspots that need our help. Right. So we're working with the World Land Trust, and we're trying to identify the places that really need our help the most. So watch this space. We'll yeah. have more information on the website about that. Wicked. And how's Reggie? Reggie's found, finding love. Should we, hang on. <laughs> so let's let's, let's our, tell everyone who Reggie yeah. is. So. Actually, shout out to Yasha from Urban Nation. I got introduced to Charlotte from The Body Shop through Yasha. Um, Urban Nation is a huge museum of urban arts in Berlin. And I was very privileged to be speaking with them and then speaking with Body Shop. It was a great day that day. <laughs> it was. But um, your campaign was Find Reggie Love. And Reggie is a red shanked, isn't it? Yeah, red -shanked a red shanked Duke, Duke from Vietnam. Yeah. And they are essentially one of the many species that are isolated from each other and can't find their love of their life. And therefore they can't breed and therefore the species are becoming in danger. And Charlotte, tell me about Reggie. How's yeah, so, so Reggie, Reggie is our mascot to help people understand what biobridges mean. So basically there are lots of um, places in the world where the land is becoming so damaged that the animal, the ecosystem for the animal kingdom is very compromised. So Reggie, for example, isn't able to get from A to B to find his soulmate and or his friends because of the land. He just can't get there. There's no trees for him to jump right. around. And why to are those get trees to. not there anymore? They're there. They're not there because things like over farming, like what we talked about with the hemp. Thing, you know, so they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for, there's a people who are, you know, because they, you know, they have to use the land and they don't repurpose it and just keep 
kind of using what they have. They keep extending it, meaning that they're cutting things. Deep, you know, there is deforestation, but there's also lots of buildings that don't really probably need to be there. Right. And it is, it's hurting the planet and, and our animals. So, so we thought, let's start a campaign to really help build biobridges around the world in places that need it, because otherwise animals will become extinct. If the animals become extinct, obviously it's the, you know, it's the whole, not just animals, but insects. If there is no thriving ecosystem, then how can you even farm and plant things the the crops will not live because yeah. the you know you need bees and other insects to help with the cultivation of the plants and the prod and the foods etc. So that everything works together you know and the harmony is broken right now and through biobridges that will help to restore hopefully some harmony and the ecosystem to be thriving in the way it should be. It's such a great name, biobridges. I love it. Oh, brilliant! It's very metaphorical, like a bridge that you can see that joins yeah. from one place to the other yeah. and. From my understanding, one of the ways you were doing that was to build, like, trees, like, plant trees connecting one That's part right. of the rainforest to the next. Yes. So, because, obviously, monkeys, like, especially the duke, they don't... I mean, they do walk on the ground, but they don't walk long distance on the ground, like gorilla, for instance. Yes. They... And a gorilla wouldn't probably walk through a, a town. They're very timid. But the point being is monkeys need to swing through trees to get from A to B. That's so, right. by planting these trees, you're providing this bridge for transport yeah, exactly exactly, exactly. Yeah. or a, journey, a path yeah it's very so. interesting i was just painting um a mountain lion a cougar in los angeles and it's the they've the government have called or the the district have called it p22 and they've called him p22 because each species animal plant whatever has a biological reference for their statistics and so on and so this mountain lion is called p22 but essentially what's happened is he's been born and then like they leave the nest so to speak once they get to a certain age especially males mm -hmm. they go off and wander to find their own territory and so p22 has crossed like the highway 101 and like the big freeways and so on and he's ended up I've forgotten which park it is but it's quite a big park mm -hmm. in a built-up area near the hollywood sign and he's now stuck there He's oh, able yeah. to feed, he's able to survive, like his downsides are, he might be more prone to mange or um, something like that. But his main problem is, is he will never ever find a partner because he's now isolated. Exactly. So Very it's now, we need to build a bio bridge in LA. <laughs> well, this is what they are actually discussing at the moment. And whether they will build one specifically for P22 is kind of irrelevant. Like what they're talking about is this idea of bridges existing across freeways so that nature can oh, that's excellent. cross from one side to the other. And I, I think that it's, uh, I think it's, again, it's something that we're waking up to and realizing that our survival needs their survival and therefore we need to respect their animals being in our cities and we need to have ways for them to be here with us and to cross from one side to the next. Yeah, people really take that for granted. Yeah. They really don't understand that if all the animals die, it's not just sad, but it can actually affect even our health because yeah. a lot of animals contribute, and insects especially. I mean, Lou, you know more than anything about bees. It's so important that they survive because without pollination, I mean, how will crops grow? Yeah, totally. Should we get into our next track? What what have you... Um... I've actually chosen Lyrics Born. I don't know. Have you heard of Lyrics Born? Maybe the, the track, but not the... 
Well, Lyrics it, Born is um, I've forgotten. He's he's I think he's Asian. He's uh, maybe Chinese or Japanese. Oh really? I Interesting. Now. So apologies, Lyrics Born, if you're listening. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's of Asian descent, and it's very unusual to have Asian hip hop. Yeah. And so like. You thought of me. <laughs> No, it's just like it's a casual kind of extra to it. Like what actually I was looking for was something because obviously we've got the hip hop track there and it's quite a sort of not like necessarily poppy, but like it's got that kind of radio play sound to it. And so I was thinking, what can I play that maybe you haven't heard of that would have that radio play kind of sound? And so I came up with the Lyrics Born track, which is on his album, uh, Real People. And the track name is chest wide open and then it features david shaw of the revivalists but yeah it's a really cool track and he's he's from i don't know whether he is from new orleans but he's very influenced by the new orleans music scene and you've got like the preservation hall jazz band galactic rebirth they're all brass bands from new orleans and they're all on this album and yeah it's a really fun album so i've got that for you ads cool Let's get it on the record player. She was acting strange, then I had this dream We were at a cotillion, a masquerade She disappeared behind an elaborate stage Followed by five gentlemen, I cast away The bed was empty, I sat up straight Were we together last night or did I masturbate? The drapes are drawn and now baby's gone Air sweet like she just put a fragrance on At first I ain't tripped cause we party crazy As time went by though it happened daily Circling the crib would be random riffraff Phone numbers written on the back of zigzag I asked her about it, she dismissed it slightly Then we'd have sex and it'd be forgotten
how to make an entrance Dudes winking at her like they knew our business I pitched the fish, she threw a tantrum She stormed off yelling, headed for the restroom I pounded a sidecar and popped a centrum She was taking the time, so I hit the menstrual Familiar screams from the next latrine Why did I look? I already knew what I see Straddle some dude with her boots in the air She smiled back at me, threw a deuce in the air Advance a few frames, here I am at the cribbo Scanning the place, then I glanced at the window Handful of drapes, other handful of zippos Laughing in space, come dance with me kiddo Thanks for that, Louis. Yeah, super cool track. And I did just check on my uh, my phone, and it's Japanese. He's Japanese. He's Japanese. Yeah. It was very cool. I liked it. Yeah, it's a good tune. Yeah. <laughs> so that was released in 2015. Yeah, it's a new one. A clear vinyl. Yeah, Sh Charlotte. I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, obviously, we've talked about the body shop and talked about all the good things that you're doing, but it'd be really interesting to talk about the sort of the chemical side and and all the say saying the not so good products that are out there and the ingredients they're using to make their products and the impact that's having on us mm -hmm. and the world really yeah um we were talking as the, the track was playing about micro beads mm -hmm. and you mentioned a couple of other yeah parabens and things like that yeah no it's i mean you know whilst you know i work for a natural beauty company the thing is it is it is controversial the whole kind of chemical versus natural there is a saying that people do say which is true which is you know poison ivy is natural but that doesn't nat necessarily mean it's good for you is it mm -hmm. and things like microbeads for example i mean back in the day when people were using them they didn't know that there was such a bad they didn't know that they weren't biodegradable and that they were going to you know kind of cause harm to the environment and to the water system but thankfully there's been a total ban on microbeads uh, so nobody can use them anymore you know we don't have that we're you know we we did have them we phased them out once we found out that they were detrimental to the environment phased them out mm. which is great but it's true that i mean it's really a learning process for people you know who have businesses that you didn't know you thought that it was a good thing you know you thought there was a benefit to use them for people to use you know to help with the actual benefit of the skincare product what was the benefit of a microbead microbeads really is, an ex is considered a very gentle exfoliant so right. for example you know with exfoliators on the skin it's to kind of slough off the you know the dead skin to reveal a brighter uh, complexion but you can use things like that are natural like um walnut shells etc but yeah. you, there is a company that was just sued big time because there were people complaining that it um damaged their skin because the, the walnut shells were so jaggedy and sharp right and that's why they complain you know they they put it they put a lawsuit in to say that actually it had like permanent damage on their skin broke like skin capillaries resulting in veins showing etc so the reason microbeads were used was because they're, they're so small, too. they're soft, they're perfectly spherical, very gentle on the skin. So they do the job, which is to exfoliate your skin without dam having any damage. Mm. But as a result, people found that they don't biodegrade and it's clogging up sewers and, you know, they're at the bottom of the ocean. So I'm thrilled that the government has banned that. But again, people thought they were, you know, brands thought they were doing a good thing by use giving 
you know, the beads as an alternative. And what will be the now? What will, the now, there's the lots now? of different... Um, uh, to me, like something like sand or like would be feel like a really natural yeah. thing to use. And but yeah, people do um, use things like sand, but also again, food wastage, things like strawberry seeds. You know, we oh, use that in our, exfol- our our strawberry exfol- ex- body exfoliator. Mm-hmm. But I think now it's more about the production of taking those ingredients and just processing them so that you know that they're as soft as possible. I mean, a lot of our other products we have, we have like coffee, beans, crushed up that we use. Chia seeds would as probably well. be quite good as well. Pro- yes. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different kind of, uh, you know, byproducts. We're looking at coconut. That's great. Uh, which is, you know, we want to use the coconut like cradle to cradle, like literally everything from the, the water to the milk to the pulp yeah. to the um, to the shell. Nice. We're looking, we use a lot of it already and now we're looking at Everything we've just probably shouldn't give it away, but we're looking at um, coconut. There's a um, charcoal. Charcoal is like a big thing. You can get charcoal and you know charcoal from bamboo, which is very sustainable as well. We use that already, mm. but we're looking. We've heard about charcoal coconut, wow. which again would mean that we're using everything. So I think the main thing is once you're using that to make sure that it's manufactured in a way that it's safe. That you know you crush them so fine or to a certain degree that there won't be jagged edges so that there become any kind of health issues. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned something about parabens. Was yes. It? So parabens is a preservative that's used in cosmetics and there has been a lot of controversy and backlash against it because they, people are saying that parabens are, you know, it's carcinogenic, it's, you know, creating um, hormone disruptions, things like that. And, and I won't, I won't comment. I'm just going to give the, you know, the sort of landscape of it. You have people who are claiming they're the worst thing ever, that they're toxic, it's poisonous, it's terrible. Right. But then, actually, you have other people who say, you know, and I know botanists very well, who said, you know what, actually, parabens are really safe. No matter what, okay, yes, it's considered chemical, but there's so little percentage of the parabens that are used in the formulas that actually it really should not create any problems for people. And, you know, she had said to me that actually the alternatives to parabens in terms of using the, the, you know, so as I said, parabens are used as a preservative. The alternative to parabens, she said, are actually worse, more toxic, Mm. more dangerous. You have to use a higher concentration. So again, I mean, what does a paraben come from? I'm not certain exactly, okay. but it is a, it's considered a chemical. It's not, it's created, it's man-made, so it's not coming from a natural right, okay. source. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, but then, you know, parabens have been used in lots of products that have been um, used for, you know, years, like many, many years. I mean, there was a case that you can read about with Johnson & Johnson. They have a baby shampoo called No More Tears. Apparently it used to, it um, contained formaldehyde and when they actually came out and said we've reformulated it with no formaldehyde there were people who went crazy and said no this isn't the same as what i've used on my children previously we want the old formulation we trusted it it was safe it you know it, it contained formaldehyde but but they wanted that so again it's a really it's a i think it's still a learning process what's the benefits of formaldehyde 
again, but it would I, be. It's such a smelly thing. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's again, it's some. It's like part of the preservative system in a in a formula. So that. But what would be the benefits to a baby? Like, if the no more tears, like there was formaldehyde in that, why would a client want that back again? I mean, all I read was that there was like a big backlash against it. Okay. I'm, I'm, my assumption would be that maybe the new ingredient that was added actually did sting the baby's eyes. Right. Okay. Well, I see. Another thing that I wanted to ask you and just, just wonder about as being a vegan, I mean, is, is it a, a normal thing for animal produce to go into any cosmetics? Do, is, is there companies out there that use like like byproducts and or, or or just generally um anything from an animal in in their products yes. and and if yeah. if they do what 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 are they what are the and, benefits or um, the negative the negatives and yeah and yeah i'm just intrigued to see if it's used as a i mean yes there are a lot of animal ingredients used in beauty products i mean the Body Shop is a 100% vegetarian brand. Okay. 60% of our products are actually vegan. Okay. They're only not all vegan because we use beeswax and honey. And to some vegans, they yeah. don't, yeah. you know, you. For sure. it's not appreciated. Um, but just to say that at least there are beeswax and honey are sourced sustainably from community trade suppliers in Ethiopia with bee whispers and things like that. So that's where we stand. However, having worked in the beauty, beauty industry for a long time, there are 100% definitely other brands that use animal byproducts. And it's because the truth is it's been used traditionally. Like the way Anita Roddick went to Ghana and saw that women were using shea butter on their bodies mm. for years as a, you know, passed down from generations to generations. There, there are countries as well that have used animal products, to, you know, there's new products with snails in it, you know, saying that the enzymes somehow hydrate your skin because right. you know that a snail is very moist, isn't it? Right. There are companies that use, um, you know, lamb uh, collagens and things like that, that animal fats, you know, right. and it's because for years, I mean, the reality is, you know, people had to live off the land and they used everything from the animal, didn't they? They ate it, they wore it, they slathered mm. it on their body and if it worked then that was a tradition that was used so yeah. the thing that gets me is i think it's, it's the same because we've talked about this in previous episodes just about like all the different sort of industries you know like the food industry and like the pharmaceutical industry and just generally the mass production and use of of i suppose in this sense animals and yeah i just it's not sustainable I guess, and yeah. But then you have to also wonder how sustainable it is for plant-based as well. Like if yeah. it, I mean, I don't even know how many cosmetic companies there are, but everybody uses a cosmetic of some description, even if it's just their toothpaste. That's right. Um, and I think that as you get older, you suddenly become a little bit more, especially as a male, like as I've gotten older, I've become more interested in looking after my body and therefore I've become more intrigued by certain products. And well, working with you guys was great because I got a huge gift box. And yeah, we owe you more. Yeah. And there'll be more coming to you as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I can honestly say, like with the change of my diet for the last five, six years being vegan, and then in addition using the oils for the last year and a half that you gave me, my skin is so much better and so much stronger mm. for it. Um, 
it's like beauty inside out, isn't it? Or healthy eating inside out. Right. You know, you're caring for your body by being a vegan, eating clean, etc. And then, yeah, it's good to also use, I mean, doesn't it make sense that natural ingredients are the most, um, uh, what's the word, um, compatible to you? Because right. you should, because you eat them. Right. Mm-hmm. So why not mm-hmm. use them on your body as well? Right. Well, yeah, and definitely putting, you know, as good products as you can if you're going to be putting food inside your body, what are you going to put on your skin? Yeah. And what are you brushing your teeth with? And, you know, in general, like shampoo or body wash or moisturizer. I mean, I'm, I use organic coconut oil yeah. as a, as a, a daily thing. Yeah. You, know? you can clean your teeth with that now. Do you yeah, do that you thing? can do I like oil, pulling. oil pulling. pulling yeah, yeah. I did that for a bit and it works really well. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, I've, I've been wanting to try it. I just have to break the habit of, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, it's quite as a daily thing, it can be quite... Um, can be difficult consuming. to get into yeah i mean i did it for a little while but then i was like mm, i'm not sure <laughs> you know like the taste of coconut oil every morning i love coconut oil but i couldn't handle it maybe like twice a week okay. i could do it but every day yeah no i yeah. i think i feel the same yeah. i mean i love coconut but it's like first thing in the morning might be a little tired <laughs> i was going to ask you about um something is it called shellac shellac like nail stuff yeah so what is that made of because it's made of creatine isn't it oh are you talking about um crushed up beetles yeah um carmine carmine but that is can be considered shellac because it's um the shiny right yeah some people but carmine is made no 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 cochineal in carmine right that's crushed up beetles right which is used in lipsticks to give reds but the body shop we do not use you any use carmine, that. which is great. But yes, it is an ingredient. But it's not just in beauty, you know. I remember, and with full disclosure, I'm not a vegan, but I definitely try to eat as much um, plant based as I can. But I do re- recall, I used to, used to love those fondant fancies, and I love the pink ones. And then right. when I saw that they had cochineal in the yeah, because they used to be in I was skittles as well. I think really uh, probably. Yeah. I just remember being like, oh, I don't want, you know, gross. So I stopped, <laughs> stopped eating fond and fancies. But of course, there's other things you can eat. But yeah, I mean, it's not just uh, cosmetics. But yes, they do. It's carmine and cochineal. But then there's another product as well, which is a creatine, isn't it? Which is what's inside like rhino horn, for instance. And I don't think it's rhino horn they're using, but it would be hair from another animal. Okay, that ingredient, I have to say, I'm not familiar familiar with. with. Fortunately, probably because I've never never worked on brands that use that ingredient. Yeah, I have to do my own research into that then. Because I've seen that on a couple of hair products and so on, and I guess that's to get the shine. And because of doing my research in rhinos and knowing that the property inside the rhino horn is creatine, I was like, where are they getting the creatine from? Right. I've heard the creatine, but I've heard that more so in like weightlifting, those protein um, powders. Yeah. But I honestly can't, don't know much about it. Okay. I will also research because I'm curious. But I mean, when it comes to shampoos, I don't even like to use shampoos that have silicones because I think it's not good for the environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, for me, it just weighs my hair down, but apparently it makes it super shiny. That's the end benefit. But for me, it's, I don't like it. Should we go into a little bit more music? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. What you got for us, Ads? So I've chosen a track 
bit of a theme with these first episodes. It's another track on our record label released in 2013 by a band I used to do all the recording and engineering for called Only Joe. And I wanted to play a remix of the track Wicked Land that was remixed by Sleepy Time Ghost, um, who I share the studio with. So yeah, the track came out 2013 as the as a track to talk about David Cameron and the Conservative Party. Um, talk about that. Don't get me started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be very explicit. I'll be like f bombing all over the well, place. Well, yeah. I mean, and you know, this is a way of how to express how um, the vocalists felt and also the musicians how they felt about um, the situation. You know, when that happened. Didn't you and, do the video uh, of this in Bristol? Yeah, we did and the I video. I think I was in that video. Bristol, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, no, it was uh, it was very when it when it came out, it was very relevant and current at the time. But um, yeah, so our fourth release on twelve inch, and uh, there's a couple of different versions on it. But like I say, I'm gonna play one of them now. So I hope you enjoy it. No, you 
this is Charlotte. I hope you're enjoying listening to All Fruits Ripe. Wicked, man. <laughs> Just got to change the context of how the words are. Yeah. And then it's not so bad anymore. It's a tough tune. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I re- that's my favorite um, track on the release. So yeah. big up Sleepy. Yeah, big up Sleeps. <laughs> yeah, so I guess one of the things we were talking about actually with um, Emil in our last show was this idea of transportation and like the movement of uh, myself from England to America, painter painting, and then starting to become more aware of like carbon footprint. And he was talking in the same way and that he's flying around a lot, making these films around the world. And sometimes there's like a consciousness to it. And sometimes it's just, you know, it's just making a video of someone DJing and it's really not very progressing for human or Mm. environment and so on. And he kind of feels guilty about this huge carbon footprint he's Mm. building up. So that leads me into the idea of carbon footprints within a business. And so I'm wondering, does Body Shop have any kind of, how do you deal with like your carbon footprint? Because you're, your products are coming from all around the world. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about Brazil, we've talked about Ghana, we've talked about Indonesia. Yeah. How do you guys deal with that? When we first met Louis, it, when you did um, that beautiful mural of Reggie, that was really to to launch the BioBridges campaign, which was part of an overall business philosophy, which is enrich, not exploit. Right. So we launched Enrich, Not Exploit, and we said that by 2020... I mean, our goal is to be the most ethical and sustainable company in the world. Not right. just beauty company, but in the world. And The Body Shop has uh, inspired many companies on their sustainability agenda, right. which is wonderful. But we want to go that bit further. And we have a whole... I mean, you can look on our website now. There's, We have lots of objectives that we wanted to get done by 2020, including things like reducing our carbon footprint. It was all about enriching, enriching the pe- people planet um, and the animals. So in terms of, you know, and, and the whole environment as a whole. So I can't remember all 18 of the objectives offhand, but we definitely, in terms of the carbon footprint, first of all, we always try to use um, sustainable shipping methods. You know, so of course, we'll, we'd rather go by boat if we can. Right. Um, and if we do have to fly, we always offset it. You yeah. know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a policy in the company. Brilliant. So that's, you know, something that we stand for, we believe in. Um, yes, it costs a bit more, but, I mean, we have to walk the walk, don't we? Well, it costs less for the environment, doesn't it? So if it costs yes. more for the company, then you're saving for the environment. So exactly. In the grand scheme of things. It's yeah. I mean, cheaper. our whole business is, is really, really legitimate in terms of... Um, you know, checking our supply chains and, yeah. you know, making sure like all our vendors are like, you know, they go through a whole like ethical filter, you know, and even things so down to the, how we're going to ship the carbon, you know, we, we source from India and Nepal as well. They make our paper for our boxes, helps communities, etc. But yes, we have to get that stuff shipped in. So we have to work it out at the time when we start working with the suppliers that this is the way we need to work together mm. and you need to honor that and respect it. And, and we do. And, you know, that's why it's a great progress is, especially in beauty, it's all about innovation and pr- 
pro progress, et cetera. And we have been accused of people saying like, oh, your products are boring now, et cetera, because yes, we started, what we started like, you know, 40 years ago was really, really innovative. But now so many people have like caught up, up or right. copycatted, et cetera, which is great because we want people to be using more natural products full stop. But when you have such a sustainable ethical agenda, it takes a lot longer because you have to do all your checks and balances. Whereas a startup can go and just start buying stuff without thinking about it and checking it. And they, they don't know that when they're getting a certain ingredient that a child is not the one who's out getting the ingredient mm -hmm, from the farm. Mm -hmm. they, they don't know that, but we have to, it takes months to check these new suppliers that they are completely above board in terms of all our policies. So, right. so yeah, and carbon footprint fits into that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's great that you, you know, you're such a big company and you're doing that because I imagine there is a lot of big companies out there who don't do that. It's and true. Purely look at profit margins. Yeah, and to and, be the uh, first to the market, you know, yeah. they just want to be quick. And okay, that's great, but there is a impact, you know, that is. Yeah, that, can, that they don't see. Yes. But it's real. It is, exactly. <laughs> and I guess from my perspective, one last question um, would be, I remember we were having conversations around Brexit and that you guys were very nervous about what was going to happen because of certain legislations and rules that would have to be rescripted and changed and yeah. so on. And how, I mean, I don't even know where we're at with Brexit anymore. I'm so confused Me as, too. A, as a member of the public. But... What's gone on within the business? Like, has it affected you um, yet? How will it affect you? Or you, you just don't know? We're business as usual right now. So we're still working with our same suppliers, et cetera. Right. We're, we're in the same, from a business point of view, it's, we're exactly the same as a consumer. We're, we really don't know right. yet. Um, we do get updates from, you know, our senior management as well on what, how Brexit could impact us because it's not just the shipping of our products and, you know, because some countries may not accept certain things. I mean, we already have, we respect, uh, you know, the laws of other countries. Like, so for example, with our hemp cream, that's not allowed in certain markets. Like it's not allowed in the Middle East. It's not allowed in, um, certain, certain countries of Latin America because they consider hemp, you know, class, you know, a, a, an illegal drug substance. Right. Mm. Um, so again, there might be now with Brexit, there could be some implications to say, oh, that ingredient isn't, you know, sourced from our country, so you can't let it. I mean, who knows? We, right. we don't know. And, of course, there's a people impact, too. We have a lot of people from overseas working in the company, yeah. um, and we don't know. And they're, you know, I think they're even wondering, like, am I going to have to leave the U.K. and go back to where I'm from, et cetera? Right. We don't know. Huh. We don't know. But we're, we're just carrying on, business as usual. Yeah. And hope for, and, and hope for the best. Unfold the book as it gets read. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow. It's an interesting times. Did you have anything else you wanted to ask Ads or I'm 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 up for playing some more music to be yeah. honest. I think it's been a really nice conversation. And yeah. thank um, you, Adam. Yeah, and sort of I've learnt some things from today and it's cool. been nice to hear hear your story and everything. Yeah. No, that I think it's been that really we've great. talked about. Thanks for coming down and being involved. No, thanks for having me. I think what you're doing is is really important. It's it's interesting as well. I like the that you know you're playing music that I'm learning as well, <laughs> and you know I love what you stand for, both of you. So oh, I mean, you know, you. Louis, I'm a big fan of your work. So oh, I give thanks. 
Yeah. I love the body shop products you bring me. Oh, bless. <laughs> bless. Yeah. So um, more to come. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good because my oils have run out. Yeah, we yeah. are. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be up for trying. Yeah, some. no, you need, you'll uh, get. this oil. <laughs> it is the so oils good. Of life. Yeah, three powered by three seed oils. Oh, dude, Seriously. it is so good. Like literally, everyone I've seen in the last year have been like. Louis, why is your skin so good? You look good. I'm like, well, it's the sun. It's the vegan, (laughs) it's the sun, but it's also, it's this oil. Oh, I'm so glad. It really is. It's it's got like black cumin, it's got um, rosehip oil, I think like sesame, and it's just, and it smells so good. It smells good. It's got some essential oils in it, but it's it's powered by seed oil. So you can imagine like all the nutrients are in the seeds, Mm. you know, so we we harness that, which which is a great thing. Yeah. Speaking of going back to the origins, we're going to take that track that you brought us right back to the actually same vinyl on the flip side. Yay. And we're going to play where they um, took the sample from. And it's by David McCallum. And the track is called The Edge. Oh, my so, gosh. That's exciting. I don't think I've heard this. No. This is the cool and not so cool thing about hip hop is that it's all based on samples. Well, not all. Majority not all, of yeah. A lot but of it. A lot of the that's original true. sort of. Yeah. And style and, and way of making the music, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I fell in love with with hip-hop because I love funk. And, well, they sample reggae as well sometimes, but funk is heavily sampled. And so this is a classic example of that. But people who like the Dre side have never heard of this side. Oh, my gosh. How so exciting. it's going to be exciting to, to play this for you. So thanks to all the listeners. Enjoy this last track. Until next time. <laughs>